and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It is good to see all of you gathered here for worship and know that there are more worshiping online. If you would take a moment and sign in your attendance in the pew pad at the end of the pew and place it in the offering plate later in the service, we would appreciate that. And if you're joining us with us online, leave a comment so we will know who, who is with us. I hope you took a moment to pick up your weekly sheet, your calendar sheet as you came in to worship today to find out all things First United Methodist Church, including the calendar of events this week. It's a meeting week here with trustees and finance and board of stewards. If you're on one of those committees, please make note of the date and time. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. Heavenly Father, it is a joy to be here with these people in this beautiful place, in this warmth, help us to not take this for granted, to be grateful for what we have, to be mindful of those who do not, and to anticipate your holy presence with us. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Things are still to come 
Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. And now let us worship the Lord with our morning offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in you we are truly blessed. And we ask, dear God, that you bless us, bless these gifts that we're about to receive. May you guide us in their use and multiply them for the coming of your kingdom. And as we journey through our life of discipleship, we pray, God, that you not only be with us, but be with those who are hurting, who mourn, who are sick and struggling today. Forgive us our sins and bless us for this journey. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If the ushers will come forward, we will worship God with our morning offering. We begin an extended sermon series examining the many stained glass windows of the church. And this is Word from the Windows. And I start the series with my favorite window, which turn around. You may not notice him every week, but he is here. This window is known as the Ascension, or Jesus and the Angels. This window was given in memory of Walter Reese Gramblin and Mary Catherine Beeson Gramblin by their children and was constructed by Joseph Victor Lorenz, a renowned stained glass artist from Atlanta. It was installed with nine windows in 1936. As with any work of art, this window is subject to interpretation. And I've learned in my time here that all these windows are subject to interpretation. I've discovered again and again what I thought the window meant is not what the creator thought they meant or not the scripture that the creator intended to go along with them. For example, this window. I always thought it was Jesus and Nicodemus. Turns out that's the rich young ruler. And I've learned that with this window in the back, it's the same. Many of you have a different idea of what this window means. Some of you call it the Hallelujah Chorus window because it has been a tradition in this church 
when the hallelujah chorus is, is sung by the choir that you turn and face the window. Some of, some of you think of it as the resurrection window, that Jesus coming out of the tomb. And some of you think of it as Jesus returns, when he returns from heaven. I happen to think of a different take even than all of these. I told you that this window was my favorite, and it became so. I remember the day very well. It was September 11th of this past fall. So uh, we had enjoyed a honeymoon period of a new pastor in the church, and attendance had been very high. And so I came into church that day, and I found out, as I arrived at church that day, I found out, that many other people did not arrive at church that day. It was, uh, much like today, a low Sunday in attendance. And, um, and I know that shouldn't influence a pastor and, and preaching, but it does. And while we are not a call and response congregation, I feed off the energy of the church. So if you are energized, I am energized. Like today, I really fed off James' worship. <laughs> it got me energized for worship. So that Sunday, I found myself in a malaise, and I found the congregation to be much the same way. Everybody just wasn't feeling it. So I was preaching. I couldn't get traction. I couldn't get energy. And then I looked up, and I started preaching to Jesus. Because you see, Jesus is always there, no matter who shows up in worship. He is attentive, he is welcoming, and Sunday mornings, the light hits that window just right, and there is a Holy Spirit glow. So I would name this window the presence of Christ with us, worshiping at First United Methodist Church. But that is not what Lorenz intended. So this is what he intended. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, the first chapter, verses 6 through 11. Acts 1, 6 through 11. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while he was going, they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Then Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we look to your word, we pray that you give us new insight into the ascension of Christ Jesus and his presence with us. And we pray, dear God, that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So Jesus' death occurred just over 40 days before. And the disciples had been through so much in that short period of time. They watched their master be crucified. And then, what they thought was the worst time, Jesus appeared. He was resurrected. Not only did he appear, he came to them in their fear and doubt. He came to them behind closed doors. And he taught them, and he led them. He was with them as they sailed among, upon the sea. He broke bread with them. He was preparing them for what was next. So they had gone back to Jerusalem. Jesus was there with them, and he invited them to go up on the Mount of Olives. And there was a teaching moment. And in that moment, they asked him, Jesus... When are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he says to them, It is not your prerogative, but my father's prerogative. Don't worry about that. Instead, wait here, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in this place, in Judea, in Samaria, in all of the world. And then suddenly, Jesus is lifted up in the clouds. Can you imagine what their astonishment must have been? I somehow think that they weren't ready for him to go. We don't know if Jesus gave them a lot of details about what was going to happen, but even if you had details about the coming of the Holy Spirit and about how you're going to be witnesses all over the world, wouldn't you want to know more? I picture one of the disciples wanting to grab onto his feet, much like a child grabs onto a helium balloon as it's being lifted up in the air. So Jesus goes, and what do they do? They just stand there looking, looking up in the sky. And two men from heaven come down and say, Why are you standing around looking? Jesus will return one day just as he came. And so the disciples quit standing around. They get up and go about their business and start the work of being Jesus' witnesses. They pick another disciple to replace Judas. And eventually the Holy Spirit comes. And they go out into the world to share about Christ. Most of them giving their lives for this message. And they do share in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They go out and share about Christ. So if you ever make it to the town of Wassingham, England, you will find there an Anglican chapel that depicts the ascension of Christ. In that chapel is a piece of art with the uh, express intention of, of showing the ascension. Now it's not a window, it's not even a painting. All it is is two feet hanging from the ceiling. No, Jesus, just feet. And when people go into the chapel, you can Google it, really a place. When people go into the chapel, in this famous chapel, they're often tempted just to stand there and stare. After all, it's kind of odd, two feet hanging from the ceiling. But the truth is, they can't stand there staring. Eventually, a priest or tour guide will come by and say, you got to keep moving. you got to see the rest of this holy place. 
just as it was with the disciples and the two men who came down. You can't stand here and stare. You've got to keep moving. And I can't stand in the pulpit and simply preach to Jesus. I can't preach to this window because I would miss so much. But the truth is, I would like to. After all, Jesus shows up Sunday after Sunday. He's very attentive and watches over us as a congregation. Unlike some of you, he never checks his phone or falls asleep. It's easy to stand here and preach to Jesus. Say you laugh because you know it's true. Um, it's easy to preach to Jesus. But the truth is, this is a piece of art, a means of grace that connects us with Christ. Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And if I stood here simply preaching to Jesus, I would miss the Jesus who is here. Jesus is here in you. You are the body of Christ. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians that we are the body of Christ, individually members of it. That as we come together, we represent Christ to the world. We are the presence of Christ. With our different gifts and abilities and being, we come together to be the body of Christ. This is a presence which is real as we gather together. We are the presence made real as we come and worship. This is why life together in a faith community is so important. In a self-focused society, we naturally think, I'm going to come to worship because I get something out of it, or what am I going to get out of worship today? And while we do gain something from worship, have you ever thought about the flip side of that? What am I in worship today? You are the body of Christ. You come and you worship God, you honor God, but you're also the presence of Christ to one another. And the body of Christ is not the same without you. Think of it like one of these panels of, of stained glass, one of these pictures of stained glass. There are hundreds of pieces of stained glass in most of these windows. But yet the window would not be complete if panes of glass were missing. It takes all the panes of glass to make the picture complete. And so it is with a family of faith. It takes all of us to complete the picture of the body of Christ. So when you're not here, something's missing. You miss the opportunity to be Christ and see Christ. You miss the opportunity to be a part of that beautiful family of faith and to show Christ to others. You are Christ to those children or someone who needs a hug or someone who's lonely or wandering or troubled or seeking. You bless others by your presence as you bless God. Your presence is an opportunity not only to experience Christ's presence, but be Christ's presence as First United Methodist Church. Jesus is not only here, but Jesus is outside of the walls. If you read in the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, you will see a parable talking about when the Son of Man comes to his glory. And in that time, he will judge people, and he will separate the people like a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
And those on his right side, he'll say, enter into my joy. For I was hungry and you gave me food, naked and you gave me clothes. I was in prison and you visited me, thirsty and you gave me water, and so on. And to this, those on his right hand will say, when was it we saw you in such a state, Master? And he will say, when you did to the least of these, you did for me. And those on his left hand, he will say, depart from me. Because when I was in prison, you didn't visit me. When I was sick, you didn't visit me. When I was a stranger, you didn't welcome me. And so on. And they will say, well, we didn't see you like that. And he will say, when you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Through the parable of Christ, we are reminded that when we do for others, we do for Jesus. We're also reminded that Jesus can be found in places where we don't expect. Not just in nice, warm, sanitary, beautiful sanctuaries, but Jesus is found out into the world with the hungry, the lonely, the cold, and those in need. We often, here at First United Methodist Church, we see many opportunities to serve folks. There are many opportunities to feed and clothe and to help within the walls of the church. But really, the mission field is out there. It's with other people. If you look around us, it won't take you long to find people who are food and clothing insecure, the imprisoned, the lonely, those who just need a hug and a welcome. And guess what? These folks are your neighbors. We often think as a mission project is something that's a huge endeavor something in a foreign country and well-organized by the church. No. A mission is when you go out into the world and meet the needs of those around you. When you do simple things, when you welcome, when you visit, when you give water, when you help others. And this is an opportunity to do what Jesus invited the disciples to do in the scripture reading for today. To make disciples in the place around you, a little farther away, in the region, and in the world. So maybe if you think of our work being outside of the wall, there's another meaning for this window behind us. Maybe it means Jesus giving us a benediction to go forth and make disciples of all people. Maybe he's commissioning us as we go out that door to be the church in the world. Because the church just doesn't happen inside the walls of this building. The church is as we live and as we are in the world. We can think of, of this window as a sign that we just don't meet Jesus in, in art, in this building, as we worship. Because the work of being a disciple is not simply standing around and looking up. It is being. Jesus invites us to more. We're invited to move and be the body of Christ. We're invited to serve Jesus. The disciples were reminded of that as they stood on top of that hill. The men from heaven came and told them they couldn't stand there forever looking up into the sky. They were also told that Jesus will return the same way he came. We go into the world not standing and staring, but we go in the world to be Jesus and see Jesus as our Lord sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty. Amen. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the incarnation, for Jesus among us, for Jesus with us and for us. And we're thankful of his presence with us today through our brothers and sisters in Christ and through those in need. As we worship, may we be the presence and feel the presence. And as we go forth, may we be the presence and feel the presence to a broken and hurting world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we sing our final song today, if you have a prayer need in your life, you're invited to come forward. Or if you would unite with First United Methodist Church, you may come forward as we stand and sing.
may be seated. Now, many of you know Carla Watson, and if you don't, get to know her. Uh, Carla unites with our family of faith today by transferring her membership from Rainbow City Methodist Church. We welcome her with love. And Carla, I ask you, will you support First United Methodist Church of Gadsden with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, service, and witness? I will. Welcome. Thank you. Are your hands <laughs> <laughs> And I just uh, greet Carla. I invite you back next week as we examine our next window, which is actually not in the sanctuary. You may want to look at it on your way out. It is the window off the courtyard in the little storage area off the narthex. It is Madonna and Child. And some of you may have wondered why there is a face or head of a little angel in that window, and you'll find out if you come back next week. And now, go forth from this place. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.